When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Howdy, howdy. It's the Georgia Show. Uh, I know it's NFL Championship, Conference Championship weekend, so I appreciate everyone who joins us regularly. Turn myself up a little bit here. Uh, Already got some comments in from Tomahawk Dog, ready for some Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Uncle Glenn Hartley still celebrating the back-to-back. That never gets old, and you know it. We are on the probiotics. What's up, Andy Stowe? Uh, for the Jakes and Palmer, I'm Wes Blankenship. New here, welcome, guys. Um, I think that until this morning we were going to start the show talking about Todd Munkin, but Stetson Bennett had other plans. I don't, I don't really think there's a whole lot to it. Um, you know, I mean, it's not a good look, uh, especially when you combine it with the fact that he could be working out at the Senior Bowl. Um, it's not going to help him. Um, but you know, I listen, you, you kind of get to know some, you kind of get to know some front office, office people, not, not general managers, anything like that. I'm not trying to like, you know, DM it with direct, you know, like that, but you get to know a few scouts and, and talk to guys. And most of the people I talked to today kind of shrugged it off, you know, um, were like, Hey, nah, you know, you'd be surprised how much this comes up, but at the same time, it doesn't help. And anything that doesn't help you when you're not, um, you know, a top flight pick is, you know, it's you probably don't need to engage in it you probably don't need to have that happen to you and um i can't say that i haven't been in the exact same same situation as stetson and bucktown wicker park chicago before um, i only knocked on two or three doors before i ended up getting where i was going but um you know it it, it happens uh and uh you know jake Roose can attest to it as well sometimes you wake up on a cold winter morning and a, and a man's in your car um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that happens <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> end up laying dead on a Mexican stoop, man. I mean, it, it, it can it can take place anywhere. I mean, this is the kind of thing that, yeah, it happens, right? I mean, a lot of people talk about the idea of I the, the, the pretty much the common refrain that I've heard from everybody is like anybody who drinks has probably been in a situation like this before. Now, the magnifying glass is a lot uh, more focused on Stetson Bennett, and I get that. And the thing about it is Stetson Bennett gets that as well. And he understands that he's going to have to talk about this and address it for the next few months for sure. And once those combine interviews come around, it's going to be even more uh, brutal. But, you know, I think that, I don't know, I'm with Roe in the sense that it doesn't really matter much. I think that I it, it's it is what it is because Stetson is who he is and he's done what he's done. And if he's if he hadn't done any of those things, then nobody would care anyway. But the, like I said, the microscope's focused on him. I get it. 
And, you know, I think he'll shrug it off. And I would be shocked, really, if he wasn't able to keep his nose clean uh, from here moving forward. It, it may have been a wake-up call for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you guys where I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I like Jake Rowe said, anything that, that becomes a question when you're not a, you know, surefire top 10, top – you know, first round pick, um, you know, that's, that's probably not something that you want, but teams are going to be willing to overlook it. I think because first of all, they probably understand where he's at. Um, it, it's, it's not a good thing, but I, I really don't know that it's a bad thing for his, his draft stock. Um, I, I don't there are, there are a lot worse things to be. There are a lot worse. Almost than all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty, this is about as low on the rung as you can go. Yeah, I mean, maybe driving with a suspended license would have been the only thing. <laughs> another you know. another famed Georgia, yeah, uh, another yeah. another Georgia um, classic. Uh, yeah. I think that would have maybe been the only one that you could get the cuff slapped on you for something, yeah. and uh, and it'd be you know less than this. And and you know, I mean, listen. It, I don't think, you know, we've had some things brought up like the Good Morning America uh, thing. Well, you know, last year. I mean, guys, come on. That was happy. Listen, we knew how we knew how late that night ran. How did, how, how did everybody? I mean, what if we'd put you on Good Morning oh America? Oh, my God. I wasn't even. I'm not talking I, about you. I, I'm not I talking about worse than drunk. I'm, I'm talking about the collective view, you know, yeah. like I'm talking to, the, to everybody <laughs> listening to this. But, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, yeah, I was it. worse than drunk. I was yeah. like I was like Sean William Scott in old school. I was like I had a dart in my neck. I was like, oh. Yes. I mean, I was, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's how I felt that next morning. So God knows what I would have said that day. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think Stetson does have to rein it in. He's going to have to have a good strategy when he goes in to talk to these teams about it, and that is just going to be to completely own up to it and probably make fun of himself a little bit. But he wasn't behind the wheel of a car. He wasn't in a fight, you know, causing – I mean, we could say he was causing a stir, but he wasn't, like, maliciously trying to, you know, cause problems for anybody. I don't know. I, I think that I, – I think that this is just – it doesn't help. I just don't think it hurts a whole lot either. And – um you know, I think somebody – not only that, but the point I've been trying to make over at our message board today has been the fact that, you know, you know, the Baker Mayfield kind of had the same deal, right? And well, Baker ran, and the mail doesn't run on Sundays. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, but, but Baker literally couldn't have been drafted any higher. And I think there's some revisionist history going on, like Baker was a number one pick coming out. No, Baker won the Heisman. It, during the pre-draft process is when Baker kind of rose to become the number one pick. Now, we can make the argument that the Browns picked him and how smart that was all we want, Roos. We can talk about that all you want to. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, it, Johnny Menzel, all the stuff I, that he did, I, he still I, I, ended up I, getting drafted in the first round. No, oh, compared to Johnny Manziel, as Johnny, far as we know, nothing. Stetson is – I was you know, talking to – I asked a scout about that. I talked to him that. He goes, man, alcohol was not the only concern with Johnny Manziel. If it was, you know, we'd probably be, you know, singing a different tune. I don't know what that meant, but it was. I didn't dig in there. Um, but, you know, Stetson, I think this is less of a deal because he's further back because you're talking about investing 
you know, two to two and a half million dollars in a guy as opposed to investing $40 million in a guy and 40 million guaranteed because that number one pick has, you know, is, has gotten to where it gets fully guaranteed money. Um, So I think Stetson's going to be fine. It's just a kind of a road back at this point for him. Um, You know, he, he obviously didn't have a workout to get to today. Um, or, you know, he, he shirked it if he did, uh, because he, he can get in know, trouble in Mobile, Alabama, too. I think people are overlooking that just because Stetson was in Dallas doesn't there's mean not much else to do in Mobile. Yeah, Alabama. he probably would have gotten in more trouble in Mobile. <laughs> hey, sometimes your sometimes your phone gets a little water on it in Mobile, Alabama, you know, running up and down the streets. You're trying to find a new phone. Yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been fascinated today, guys. I agree. It's it's nothing. Uh, well, it's not nothing, but we don't condone you know, knocking on strangers' doors at 6 a.m. drunkenly on a Sunday morning. You know, that's the Lord's Day, and people are trying to get ready for church. Uh, maybe on a on a Friday morning, it's a little bit more acceptable. We don't condone that. I uh, am a little amused by the Georgia fan base that's reacting, and some of it in our comments section today, a lot on social media. Uh, Stetson's almost added to his cult hero status a little bit with this, and kind of – I don't know. I don't know if there's any Venn diagram overlap between the crowd that hated what he did at the parade and the crowd that is saying, this is awesome. I love Stetson more for this, but you can't deny that. Uh, people are already telling me that if the Stetson mugshot comes yeah. out, that they'll buy the t-shirt. So it I goes probably both ways. Would. I probably will too, man. I mean, and that's the thing, like probably whatever he's going to miss out on by, uh, you know, maybe falling a couple picks in the draft, if that's what it causes him, he'll probably recoup on selling the t-shirt with the mugshot. Yeah. I'll probably, get on, I'll probably get that t-shirt and frame it up, and put it in the office. You know, that's, I don't know if I'd want to wear it around. I'm not a big graphic tee guy, but I would probably put that one in the office and get, get on it. Breaking tea. Hey, listen, if we know anything about Stetson, if we do know anything about him and, and kind of the way we've heard him talk over the years, um, he's going to make fun of himself a little bit over this when he talks to people. Um, I, I love and, this comment. I love this comment over here from Ducati Tech. Uh, mugshot Stetson with the them dogs is held below it. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is, you, that's perfect, man. Uh, that is, I, I did see one thing that was saying – that nothing would make the mugshot better than is if he was wearing the them dogs as hell sweatshirt in the mugshot. <laughs> oh man, I, I I would say if with a fresh like Equavius fade. If yeah. he looked at, no, if he looked like he did at Jones Community College in the mugshot, that would actually make <laughs> it better. <laughs> oh oh man, been, I, I really want to see that Jones Community College shirt, uh, photo, Wes. If you get that thing. <laughs> He might have been intoxicated in that photo. <laughs> one of my favorite thing, one of my favorite things over the course of Stetson's career, um, is uh, the one of the the best one is the photo of the Jones Community College thing. Whenever they like, this guy just did this to you. Yeah. Uh, the other one is the the is the yes. meme from. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's even worse. It's worse. It gets worse every time. Uh, the other one is the is the meme from Pocahontas. I'm yeah. not going to go into it and explain it because I mean I don't want to be problematic. It's not it's not bad. It just says that you know these white people are dangerous, and it says you know when you're talking about you know after Georgia after you play Georgia and Stetson Bennett, Lab McConkey, and Brock Bowers rip you to pieces. Um, you know, it's got the Native American dude saying, you know, these white people are dangerous. If, so, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think that video has been deleted off of Twitter and, and you can't find those tweets anymore. 
Oh, it's gone. Oh, I, I, I will. I will raise this question because I am curious, and and I've seen a lot of people make this um, make this statement. Is basically like, does it? Is it a little more concerning because he is twenty five years old and not twenty years old? I can see where that's coming from. I don't know that that's necessarily huge. I think that maybe that raises the eyebrow a little further on it, but it's not like a make or break deal for me. But he's not. He's not an 18-year-old kid doing this either. I mean, but now listen, I'm a 35-year-old man, and it could happen to me. I mean, I'm just saying. Well, I mean. You never know. One. It's happened tonight. On the wheel of a car. Two, he's not doing this in Athens, where he lives, where he's very familiar. He's doing, you know, he's somewhere where he's probably never He been. wasn't doing it while he was under uh, Kirby Smart's watch and right. Todd Munkin's watch. He was taking care of his business in Athens. Now, I do understand the perception uh, hey, you are getting all these questions. You're already doubted so much. How seriously are you taking this thing? And that is what That's, he's going yeah. to have to answer from the scouts, from the people at the combine, from anyone who wants to talk to him now. How serious are you about this? Do you want to play in the league? Mark Rick has lost control of Stetson Bennett. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, breaking T, I'm sorry to say, does not yet have the Stetson mugshot t-shirt but the newest shirt that you can buy is pretty close it is stetson saying back to back uh and uh another one that dog will hunt that classic logo everything you could want on breaking tea any style uh the the new georgia uh typeface when they did the rebrand or the old school bulldog right here just standing proud they really have everything for everybody. A lot of sites try to do their own spin on things, their own style, be all old school or all new. Breaking Tea's got clever shirts. They've got simple shirts. They've got bold shirts. They're beautiful. Uh, and the link to Breaking Tea is in this show description, as always. Breaking Tea, the bold and the beautiful. <laughs> that was what I was thinking, too. <laughs> Let's talk about Todd Munkin. And last time we spoke, I think we knew about the Buccaneers interview since we, then. Um, maybe we didn't. I don't even remember. Maybe it was speculated. What we do know now, though, is uh, the reports that Munkin's interviewed with the Ravens and with the Bucks. I think one of those jobs may be slightly more desirable, but I don't know if either one of them is ultimately the thing that's going to lure him away from Georgia uh, permanently. But you got to take the interview. Well, it sounds like from, you know, just kind of piecing stuff together, the Ravens process might last a while. Um, so uh, because they're, they've requested permission to uh, interview a guy that's coaching right now, Eric Bieniemy, um, as office coordinator, and he would be the play caller there. Um, I don't think he actually calls plays in, in uh, Kansas City. I think Andy Reid does that. <clears throat> I, I really still don't see Todd Munkin taking the Tampa job. And honestly, you know, just from, again, piecing information together, the timing of it, uh, you know, that job's been open for a little while. I know he was speculated to begin with. I, it sounds to me like, again, trail of putting some things in. I think they kind of – I think that was kind of – they had to kind of sell him on coming and interviewing for that job. I think he's wanted for that job. I don't necessarily know how much he wants it. They're going to have a chance to impress him, though, and kind of sell them on their vision. Um, and, you know, it, he may have a chance to, you know, kind of – I, I don't think a lot of this is him having to sell himself. I think he could get a job – 
if he really wanted a job. I think this is kind of, you know, basically letting the process play out for him. And, uh, you know, if it comes down to money, I think George is going to be able to handle that. Um, but, you know, we'll get into kind of more of a hot board thing and, and all that stuff. My phone was blowing up asking about Mike Bobo this weekend. Mike Bobo, guys, let me tell you something. If you wanted Buster Faulkner and Georgia wanted Buster Faulkner before, Buster Faulkner is going to be back at Georgia, okay, if Todd Munkin leaves. Buster Faulkner will come right back. I'm t- he, w- he probably is wearing a Georgia polo under – the Georgia Tech polo that he's wearing right now, just so he could be ready for it and get there. He's going. He's going to flip his belt over. It'll be. It'll be a Georgia belt. It'll be the one like Murray Poole used to wear. Where, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it, it's uh, if, just, if Georgia wanted Buster Faulkner to be his offensive quarter, it'd be that guy. I mean, they did it with Trey Scott. They did it with Brian McClendon. They did it with uh, Chidera Uzo Aribe. Deribe, they're they're gonna get a guy that's been hired somebody else if that's who they want. So so let's don't get in the doldrums and and be less productive and maybe get in trouble at work tomorrow because you're really worried about Mike Bobo becoming the offensive coordinator. They'll get who they wanted. Don't would it would it be the worst thing though uh, if hypothetically Bobo was the guy? Uh, Not in my opinion, but I've already told somebody I wouldn't go on a rant about that. So oh, okay, did you tell him that? yeah no i didn't tell bobo that but i i think mike bobo is a good offensive coordinator and i think if you look back and you think okay well he did some good things at colorado state um he had a bad year at auburn he had two bad year or a bad year at south carolina both of those head coaches got let go um that's that there was talent problems at both of those schools um you know mike bobo without a passing game with one Fifth round pick on his on uh, in his starting five on the offensive line, no first round receivers. Now he had a bevy of running backs. Now he had a Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, and a little bit of Sony Michelle because Michelle was hurt a lot that year. He had some ballers at running back, but that's pretty much the only talent he had. He had Hudson Mason at quarterback, and they averaged almost forty two points a game. So I think he's a good OC. Trust Kirby. Um, he made the one year mistake with James Coley. And that's pretty much been it because Jim Chaney did a good job. Um, obviously, Todd Monk has done a good job. So, um, I don't think Georgia fans need to worry too much yet about Todd Monk and leaving. And then um, if he does, they'll get who they want. If, if Georgia Tech taking Buster Faulkner um, to the 404 did not ruin anything. He he'll, he will leave from right over there where they Cartoon Network, right across the street from Cartoon Network, and come right back to Athens in a heartbeat. Police escort up 316, just doing 95, pedal to the floor, man. But I've heard he's not a big Adult Swim fan anyway. So. <laughs> no, yeah. He probably still has his place in Athens. You know, I, I don't know if he's even sold it. Who knows? Yeah, sure. I, I think, too, listen, Mike Bobo, Mike Bobo is not Brian Schottenheimer, okay? I think we can all agree on that. I think that it's Mike Bobo yeah. left the program and it fell apart. <laughs> That's what I agree. Yeah, Mike Bobo left and everything. I mean, it, it led you to here, so ultimately, I guess that was a, a net positive to some degree. But yes, every the wheels kind of came off. Shot That's a really there. great uh, just line in the sand to look back at and appreciate what happened after he left and before he. Bruce, do you remember left. that? Do you yes. remember us standing like we were talking? face-to-face, and I said, hey, I think Bobo's gone. And he goes, yeah. And I, he said, what do you think about that? And I said, I don't know. I feel like the program's falling apart. <laughs> because he kind of, you know, listen, Mark Rick 
Georgia doesn't go. Georgia Mark Rick doesn't get it back on track and to an, to the extent that he did and get back to another couple of SEC championship games without Mike Bobo, because Bobo ran the program a lot. I think when Rick was struggling with his own health and struggling with his with his personal life there with his wife being also ill. So I mean, Mike Bobo held a lot of that together. Again, I still don't even know if he'd be the OC. Right, but. He's yeah. a good coach. And- no, exactly. That's the yeah. That's the thing. Is like we're we're being very presumptive, and I get you know people probably to some degree are rightfully assuming those things because you bring Will Muschamp back, right? So it's like the boys are back in town. Everybody's yeah. coming back, and everybody's getting to hang out. You get a job. You get a job. <laughs> hey, you know, like let, let's get all my friends hooked up. But let's go downtown tonight. I think it's a fool. I think it's a fool's errand to assume that Kirby is just automatically going to default to turn. Oh yeah, that's program. not. No, that's not going to be the case at all. Yeah, I, I, I think that. But I think people. I think a lot of people are assuming that's going to happen, and and I just can't see that. I mean, you've got on your own staff, right? You've got Brian McClendon, OC experience. You've got uh, Del McGee, who's uh, had some experience. At, he what he was the head coach of Georgia Southern for a game. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got guys out there, too, that are available and there's no there's not a lot of jobs as desirable as Georgia NFL or college in terms of stability, in terms of talent, in terms of the direction. So you're going to have your pick of the litter. Could it be Mike Bubble? Sure. Why not? Yeah. But at the same time, like Jake's saying, I think it's I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to I don't think Todd Munkin. I don't think that the worry is there just I'm yet. I'm not saying bye to him yet. No, the Ravens and the Bucks are not good jobs right now in my Cowboys opinion. Uh, just opened up theoretically with Kellen Moore leaving, but McCarthy will probably call the plays there. Exactly. So, and uh, I mean, I don't think Lamar, you're Lamar, about Jackson, that. Lamar Jackson probably gone out of Baltimore. You've got uh, no stability uh, in in Tampa Bay. You're probably going to be in the job market in the next year or two if you go for to either of those jobs. I mean, the Harbaugh era, how much longer will it continue, you know, during a rebuild, which is essentially if you lose Lamar Jackson, that's what's going to happen in yeah. Baltimore. Well, and, and, and not to mention the Ravens, who were for a long time the cream of the crop in that division alongside the Steelers, they suddenly have dropped down. I mean, they sure they made the playoffs this year, but they are not the number one team in that division at all. I mean, we've, we're watching it right now with Cincinnati in the AFC championship game for a second straight year. And they've got, yeah, you want to go try to outscore Joe Burrow. Exactly. Um, You know, Greg Roman stepped down from doing that. He didn't want to, Um, you know, I, and, and Bruce, you said it well, there aren't many jobs college or pro better than Georgia right now. Georgia is a really good job and it's going to take a really, really good job to lure Todd out of Athens um the 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 stability is the biggest thing to me because he's been in the NFL he's seen what instability in the NFL looks like and he knows how secure his status is in Athens with what he's doing the you know he doesn't have to recruit a ton he recruits a position that that you know you only take one maybe two quarterbacks a cycle you're only recruiting a handful of guys overall, you know, over the course of several classes. And, you know, all really all you've got to do, he said it best, he gets paid to score points. He doesn't get paid to recruit super well. He doesn't get paid to, you know, to, to be the face of the program. He gets paid to score points, and he's done that very well. 
And like Jake said, too, the money, I don't think, is going to be any issue for Georgia. So the only reason that Todd Munkin leaves, in my opinion, and this is something that you just kind of have to accept, is he's got something to prove to himself. He wants to go back to the NFL ranks and show that he can do it. And he was there and, you know, hey, yeah, I want to run a pro offense and I want to put my spin on it. And that's to some degree understandable if that's the the mode and the the, the mindset that he's in. But otherwise, there's not a lot of lure that I can think of for him to move beyond where he is currently, personally. Yeah, he's he's got a good gig, and um, I you know it, it makes me hate the the fake quote that came out the other day uh, that much more that the way this all happened. I mean, that stuff. I've heard that anyway. quoted and cited on the radio as being yeah, yeah. People need fake to news. people need to figure some stuff out, man, because um, that's bad. But and you need to stop putting stuff out there like that. I mean, how stupid are you? I mean, that's just straight stupidity. Let's just right? make up some quotes. Fantasy land. Um, I only make up quotes whenever I need something to write. Um, actually, I've never done it. Swear to God. Swear to God. Never done it. Uh, but no, I mean, another. I think another way to look at the Munkin thing too is, you know, he he did leave Southern Miss as head coach at Southern Miss just to go coach in the NFL. I believe he's exactly. a receivers coach. Yeah. Um, he's only he was, he was a coordinator though. Oh, was he a coordinator? Okay. Yeah. But then he only, but then also I don't I think it's maybe one and some change years that he's ever called plays in the NFL. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think he was the coordinator, but I don't think he was calling his own plays. Yeah, most right. of the mm. most of the time he spent with Dirk Cutter um was was not oh, as God. was not <laughs> actually calling plays. Man, I bet that was just an electric room at lunch. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time I spent with Dirk Cutter as the head coach of the Falcons was a uh, pure misery. So, I was he the head coach that. of the Falcons or just the? I think. Oh no, no, he was just the OC. That's right. Yeah. Just the, yeah. Is he not a, any kind of interim at some point? I think he might have been an interim. I think that's yeah. possible. I don't know, man. It sucked. Whatever it was, anytime yeah. he was there, I mean, just, <laughs> just, just sprinkling, just misery all over but, but i mean I, I do think you know the ravens job is probably the most appealing job but you know folks i don't think we need to forget that john harbaugh was almost on his way out like that staff was almost let go before they before lamar jackson got hot before lamar jackson kind of became a guy and is the job it yeah. is the job that desirable without lamar no, I don't. I, not no. when you got to try to find a quarterback. Exactly. Right? That's that's my point. Not when you're picking where you're picking in the draft. Yes. Um, I just no, I don't see it. With Lamar, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, you can do, especially Todd Munkin. Imagine translating over some of the things. Stetson With Lamar, I don't think it's a debate. I don't. Now, think now here's here is a question: Could could the Ravens try to package some stuff up? Maybe Lamar Jackson as a part of the package and trade up to go get a quarterback. I mean, well, they couldn't really make Lamar Jackson part of the package, could they? No, he's he's is, he's is he a free agent, free agent, or I think, is he? I, I think he's due. Uh, they can franchise, yeah, they could franchise tag him, but yeah. I think that that's it. Yeah, and that's that's a astronomical forty-five million. I think was the uh, forty-five was the, the franchise. Yeah, tag. they may not be able to afford Todd Munkin after that. Um, <laughs> When you when I look at what Georgia did last year, though, and I know these are two different sides of the ball, but when you replace all that NFL talent that no one thinks you can replace and repeat and win a national championship again, and then you do it the way that you did it, I'm not going to doubt Kirby Smart and his staff and his leadership uh, replacing a coordinator. I mean, 
that that seems like uh, it, it might not be something that would just derail Georgia's program if he were to leave, just because I think Smart and his staff have already set the precedent. This is a machine that is rolling along, and one person leaving or 15 people leaving, not going to derail us. Are y'all um, a little bit surprised that this is the first – I mean, aside from Buster Faulkner leaving his analyst position and a couple strength staffers and, and offensive line guys, that this is the first, you know, real scare that Georgia has had with an assistant coach. Cortez Hankton left. This year, though. This year. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, According I mean, to Bama um, fans, Glenn Schumann signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, well, some of them think that. Some of them, uh, you know, that Todd Grantham rumor is really picking up some steam, seems like. Um, Lord, especially Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Uh, um, I don't know, not really Palmer because I, you know, so I don't think anybody's offering Glenn Schumann a head coaching job just yet. Not a big school quite yet. We haven't heard about that. And obviously a head coaching job is, is what it is. Will Muschamp's had his shot at becoming a head coach. He's not moving up. Where else do you want to become a position coach, you know, other than Georgia? I mean, I, mean, I, I think uh, it's such a destination job for guys that are in their jobs. that They're eventually going to leave. But what about guys that are not coordinators, position coaches that could become coordinators? Say, uh, and, and I know these two guys are young in their careers, but Chidera and Fran moving on yeah. to become coordinators eventually. Trey. Trey Scott. Yeah. yeah, Trey Scott, man. Todd Hartley yeah. at some point yeah, probably going to have Hartley. some people knocking on the door. One thing too. you don't see a whole lot, though, is you don't see you don't see tight end coaches become OCs. True. You don't see – not a lot. I mean, I think James Coley did it, but usually a guy will flip over and coach quarterback. Dan Campbell. Huh? Yeah, Dan Campbell. <laughs> wasn't, uh, what, wasn't Cheney coaching tight ends? Yeah, but I mean that was he had coached quarterbacks a lot in his career. Right. Um, right. You know he he got moved to coach tight ends after coach he coached quarterbacks initially at Georgia. Uh, you also don't see a lot of D line coaches become you know defensive DCs. coordinators. And and honestly, you know if I'm a if I'm a great D line coach, I mean yeah I probably want the you know want the challenge of coordinating my own defense at some point. But those guys get paid so much. Though those guys and offensive line coaches get paid so well. That I mean, you want to talk about a cush job? Work, worrying about your guys, worrying about recruiting your guys and building connections. Trace, I mean, Trey Scott could have the easiest job in America um, right now because the talent is starting to kind of flow to him. Um, you know, there's there's a point. I don't care who you are, you don't have to work as hard for it anymore. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of like skinny dudes and good looking women. You know, I mean, it's you know, you just walk in there. Like I think Louis C.K. had a uh, had a joke about about walk in there with your Adam's apple. Yeah, uh, it's a great joke. Uh, if you've never heard it, listen to it. It's awesome. It applies to West. That's about it. Uh, so, um, but yeah, the, the I mean, the what you want just kind of comes to you. And Trey Scott can sit there and make six hundred and six fifty and. Nickel and dime, Georgia, 25, 50 grand at the time, get up to about eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, win a lot of titles, put a lot of guys in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I the, the bonuses that come with look, winning look at, titles I mean, and stuff. Look at Rodney Garner, man. He's made a hell of a career for yeah. himself. No question. Uh, being a, uh, I mean, and, and called and, and called a defense, I think, for one game. And that right. was uh <laughs> him and Todd Hartley worked together yeah. on that one in the, in that uh independence bowl. Yeah. Last thing on Munkin before we get to signing day. This is a good transition. 
Uh, a lot of the speculation about why Munkin would leave is that it's just easier in the NFL where he doesn't have to recruit as much, but he's kind of one of those guys too. I mean, he doesn't have to go out and recruit a ton. It seems like he's got a pretty sweet deal with Kirby Smart, and Smart still expects him to get out there and do that a little bit, but I don't believe he has a burden on him, uh, at least not optically, to go out there and beat up the recruiting trail like a lot of other coordinators do. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. And Matthew C., uh, I, I said on the board, I think it was him the other day, that, uh, you know, this is just 4D chess again. You know, he's going to be able to interview with these teams, come back to Georgia, get a fat paycheck, and then say, hey, guys, the NFL came calling. They wanted me, but I'm here, and this is where I want to be. You can see that they think that I can develop guys. Let me develop you. I don't know that all that's happening, but it, it, the pitch is not unreasonable to me. Hey, listen, um, a few years ago uh, when Todd Grantham and they had all that speculation and I believe it was the Eagles or somebody that was open and, you know, people were kind of talking to him and that's when Georgia fans wanted to hold on to him and thought it was mm. really good. It was after the 2012 season or something like that. Carried it as 2013 class, guys. That was a disastrous class. Took every mid-year they could possibly take because their numbers were shot. It's a black and, stain on Georgia recruiting. No doubt. Uh, and, and you know, I I am almost positive. And when I say almost positive, I'm positive that, that Todd Grantham tried to kind of play that card. Like, I think he tried to kind of, you know, yeah, I think he would have taken a job like that, but I don't think he ever really stepped up and struck down the, down the rumors because he wanted that as a recruiting pitch, you know, and that is a recruiting pitch. Hey, guys, NFL wanted me. You know, the NFL wanted, you know, loved what we do here so much that they tried to bring, you know, take some of our staff. And uh, we didn't want that because we want to coach players like you. I'm telling you, man, it's it, sometimes some of the cheesiest stuff you can think of actually comes to pass in, in the whole area of recruiting. And it's just kind of like, hey, what gives you an edge? Well, any, anyone who's seen Nick Saban uh, dancing in his living room doing the <laughs> cha-cha slide or the electric slide or whatever he's yeah. doing. Well, I mean, yeah. get it. Uh, along the point of Todd and his recruiting, and I, we don't know when exactly the Ravens interview was, but he was in he was in Connecticut recruiting Ryan Puglisi on Friday. What if Kirby was sitting outside the office? Hey, yeah, Todd, going in there. I'll, I'll wait on you. <laughs> we'll keep the car warm. <laughs> he definitely wasn't sitting outside. He, he, he was going to talk to Mike Kirby. McDonald. Kirby's standing outside the office. He, yeah, he's probably in there breaking down some film. Just we visited with the Ravens yesterday. He's burning a heater outside of the office. <laughs> Walking around checking, like Matthew. Checking his, checking his watch and drinking like, a Starbucks. Like Matthew McConaughey and, uh, and True Detective. Just <laughs> I'll say one of the most romantic things I ever witnessed. I was walking into Publix, and I saw a man standing outside, and he was uh, – or it was a, it was a woman – and she was smoking a cigarette and just holding the grocery cart and waiting for her husband to come out so they could switch places. And <laughs> in one fell swoop, she handed him the cigarette for him to finish so she could go back inside and do the rest of the shopping. And it was just true love uh, outside the Publix in Bethlehem, Georgia. I can just I can hear the raspy. We make a good team. <laughs> that could have been a million towns, my friend. That could have been in McKaysville, Georgia tonight. I oh, it's happening everywhere. <laughs> Talmo. No, there's not a Publix in Talmo. No. Talmo, yes, absolutely. There's not a Publix in Talmo. Uh, Jake Roos, what do we know about how this weekend filled with visits to Athens, Georgia went for a lot of uh, big-name recruits? And 
by the way, Georgia picked up a new commitment. Well, I was going to say it must have went pretty well because they picked up a uh, a new commitment and not just any commitment. Beep, beep. Kid, this kid can skate, man. <laughs> Dwight Phillips Jr., uh, father, a gold medalist uh, in in the Athens Olympics uh, back in the day, um, out of Pebble Brook, not a traditional powerhouse, mind you. So uh, very interesting to see that. But this kid absolutely can scoot. And Georgia suddenly after all of that consternation last year about, you know, is Del McGee losing it? Looks to have two running back commits on board and talking about how quickly uh, they guys, forget two guys in the, uh, the top 200. So a uh, pretty huge uh, pickup here from, uh, from Georgia. This guy has game breaking speed. There's no question about it. Um, you know, you're talking about laser four, two, seven, I think is what I saw out there. Just, absolute burden on the kid man and um i think that people need to uh, appreciate what they're doing and and i gotta ask this question a lot too does this mean georgia is done with running back and i don't think so i, I think that they will absolutely keep those doors open when you're talking about guys like Jarrett gibson who played at jonesboro before transferring to img academy when you're talking about cam davis out down there in albany uh, who's uh, committed to Florida State, but Georgia loves his game too and has recruited the hell out of him. Hedge your bets on that twenty-five. Uh, hedge your bets on that twenty-five class. Look, you 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 swung and missed on a couple of guys in twenty-three. You ended up with one. Now you got two in. Hell, take three. Why not? But Dwight Phillips. Look, I mean, dude, look at this. Just skating. I mean, that that yeah. looks sped up. That that film looks sped up. It's not. Uh, uh, no, outstanding work by uh, by Del McGee. And listen, you know Georgia has. Uh, well, done- Jake, how how much does the perception change if uh, Andrew Paul doesn't get hurt this year? I mean, that that could be a diamond in the rough too that no one knows about yet at the college level. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we were hearing good things about him coming out of camp last year prior to that injury. It sounded like he was really on that track, and that was a guy that they found late in that cycle. Um, who, you know, un- unfortunately suffered that injury. But, yeah, that's there's no question about it. I mean, uh, this is a – I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here for the Del McGee burying, okay? No. I, I think that Del McGee is still, still doing what he's doing. And the brand at Georgia as RBU is still strong because when you look around, these kids grew up watching Todd Gurley. These kids are watching what Nick Chubb's doing in the NFL. They know what De- they know DeAndre Swift. They see him playing too. The the brand is still strong, so I'm not concerned about that when it comes to uh, the running back recruiting. But listen, Georgia had uh, a lot of guys in this weekend, a lot of talented underclassmen. Juan Gaston, another guy people need to know about in that 25 class, huge guy. Um, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely Tomahawk dog. Entire film doesn't look sped up. He looks sped up all by himself. No and question. these are his sophomore highlights. Yeah. His junior year stuff is, is posted. Let me, let me say something about Del McGee here real quick. Let me actually, we're chopping wood tonight, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Sto- dog no, stocks Sunday. Dog stocks Sunday. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. That's right. Stock Sunday. God. Wood Wednesday, stock Sunday. I'm not waking. I'm not waiting to chop wood on Wednesday. So I'm gonna do a little mini chopping wood. Guys, need to get off Del McGee, and here's why. Uh, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle stuck around to play for Del McGee. Uh, DeAndre Swift left early, left as soon as he could. Whatever. Uh, Zamir White and James Cook could have left. 
They came back, won a national championship, played for Del McGee. Kendall Milton came back, played for Del McGee. Kenny McIntosh, every single one of those backs got better working with Del McGee. Not only that, he went after Kenny McIntosh. It took Kenny McIntosh in a class where, you know, they could have <clears throat> reached on some guys and maybe, you know, done some other things to work a little harder to get some other big-time backs that didn't pan out. Kenny McIntosh ended up being like a 1,300, you know, total yard back. He had almost 100 yards of total offense a game this past year. Um, listen, Georgia may not be like they had Zach Evans in the bag, okay? They can't help that Zach Evans was a Molotov cocktail at that <laughs> point in his life, okay? But but and, and thank goodness that the kid ended up panning out and being a pretty good player, but he had the number one running back in the country signed uh, in the same class with Kendall Milton. Um, you know, John Emery was that, committed. Do what now? John Emery was committed. Yeah, that yeah, John Emery. I mean, you you look at James Cook and Samir White in the same class. Those are two elite running backs. Um, I know they haven't quite gotten what they wanted. Branson Robinson was a number one uh, target for Georgia. They wanted him badly. Um, you know, and they they, ran, they rallied and took a kid from the West Coast, you know, in Roderick Robinson that could end up being a stud. They've got this guy. Let's just chill out on Del McGee because he's also – got this guy and Tovani Mizell, who's a big, powerful, strong runner. I mean, yeah. in the mold maybe of uh, Roderick Robinson. Yeah. When you're talking about – so you've got, you've got both dynamics already really covered in the 2024 class, assuming everybody's – In, in January. Is, yeah, exactly, which is where we have to work from, right? We have to assume everything stays together. But like I said, you've got a real shot at number one and number two in this class in terms of where they stand right now. Now, how does it shake out? Who knows, right? But Georgia is very, very much in with Jarrett Gibson and, um, and Cam Davis. Has been for a long time. Also, Del McGee, very big part of this whole culture connection thing that Georgia's got going on as well. Um, huge part of that as well. I mean, a dude when it and when you start talking in those circles, a oh, guy that really can get through to players and uh, and you, you know, kind of builds it there. You better not, yeah. You better not listen. People think a lot. People think of these guys as one one trick ponies, right? Del McGee is the running backs guy. No way, dude. Del McGee is out there working with a lot of these dudes. I'm promising you right now. I, I would I would bet you money, Bo Hewley not in the twenty twenty two class uh, or the twenty twenty three class. If not for Del McGee, he stepped up in a probably not way. Michael Williams in the probably not Michael Williams out of yes out of yeah out of, out of Columbus. I mean, he stepped up in a major way for both of those guys. And dude, when he walks into Columbus, there's weight carried, and there's a lot of players in Columbus, Phoenix City, AJ Harris from down there in Phoenix City as well. Del McGee's name carries weight, dude. He, he give the man his respect. Elton yeah. Smith from the area, right? Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right yeah. From he went to Carver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it seems like recency bias. Not getting Justice Haynes, people are beating up on him. Hey, who just said went to Carver? Kelton Smith. Oh, Kelton Smith. Okay. Yeah. I, I there's so many Smiths. I didn't know which Smith you were talking about. Maybe there might be some uh, Rob, a lot of Robinsons here too. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of signing day, since we're all since we're getting into Smiths and Robinsons all yeah. over. Um, but yeah, uh, listen, I, I think Georgia a lot to look forward to on Wednesday. I, I've been consistent on this show. I, I put my RPM pick in the other day. I think Deuce Robinson ends up in Georgia. I will be shocked if I'm wrong on that. Um, but I, that's my feeling. I, I know Jake Rowe. You've had some intel on that too. I believe you're of the same mindset um but 
yeah, listen, you've got a chance. You got a very, very strong chance at Ellis Robinson as well. And then don't forget, you're talking about Walker Lyons also in this class. Um, a 2024 guy for all intents and purposes going to go out and do his Mormon mission and, uh, you know, spend a, a year doing that. But for those just tuning in, not that guy, that guy's not doing a Mormon mission. That guy, no, that, no, that guy's going to come do the devil's work against, uh, opposing, uh, SEC <laughs> offenses if he ends up in Athens, I promise. As Ryan McGee, right. He's going to come <laughs> help drive the death star as Ryan McGee called it. Georgia with a chance in this cycle to bring in the number one, number three, number seven, and number eight tight ends. It's insane. That is and, – And Jamal Merriweather signing on, on Wednesday. Indeed. Somebody Indeed. Yeah. that shot up the rankings there late. Yeah, a huge late, huge late grab for Georgia with Jamal Merriweather, for sure. So, you know, train keeps a rolling. 2024 class looking outstanding already and um, I think has a chance. Uh, if you get Ellis Robinson in the fold – Georgia will probably take overtake that number one spot. Um, for in 23 or 24? 24. 24. 24. 24. I think um, 23 is done. 23, yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't an outside chance there. So yeah. with 23 being what it is, uh, a lot of people are pointing to this as proof that Saban still has it uh, and they're going to go on the war path and they have another revenge tour coming. Um, I, I just want to take a moment and remind everyone that uh, Bama still has a lot more people leaving the transfer portal and entering the transfer portal than Georgia. And Georgia seems to be evaluating its three stars a little bit better. So I don't know if there's any way to really combine the impact of the portal and uh, what Georgia has going on with its talent evaluation. But I almost want to say that a Georgia number two is just as good as and potentially better than a Bama number one, if that makes sense. And I'm well, not a recruiter. It's not like this is a new thing for Alabama. You know, that's what Alabama's been doing the last two, three, four classes. Um, it's not like they've slipped or anything like that. They've continued to recruit just this well. Uh, and they have, you know, they've, they didn't struggle near as much as, as I think, you know, a lot of us want to say last year, they just it just didn't quite come together for them. You know, they had an injured quarterback. I get all that. I I, I still think at the end of the year they were probably one of the best four teams in college football. But you got to play and win games on the field, and they didn't do that. But I think the the talk of Bama's demise has been, uh, you know, accelerated. But I I I'm, I see what everybody else sees, and that is a team that is lost a step, a, a, maybe a quarter of a step. Nothing, you know. You know, this is like Benny the Jet Rodriguez at the end of or the at the end of beginning of Sandlot, the little thing that got weaved throughout there. You know, still a good before athlete. The, before still the really, PF Flyers, before the PF Flyers, <laughs> still formidable, still can still can get after you. And and my and, favorite line from that is Bertram got really into the '60s, and we never ever heard from him again. <laughs> One day you'll say that about me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we, you got into the 2060s, you know, and, and you know that that'd be great. I'd love to see you get into the 2060s, Bruce, because I know you've thought, thought for a long time you'd be dead by 50 if not 40 I, I thought by 30 but here i am at 35 <laughs> but no i mean I, I i think that alabama alabama's gonna be good um it's really gonna depend on quarterback for them it really is because if you couldn't win one with bryce and or or, or really tua i mean you won one with, with the half of tua um you know jalen hurts kind of got you there and then tula with tua gave you the spark 
but you know, if you can't win one in that, you know, kind of four year stretch, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, those are those are four. That's that's four years with really good quarterbacks. You want one Mac Jones, um, but uh, I, I think Alabama. They just what are they going to do at quarterback? Are they going to get this defensive coordinator hire? Is it going to be Todd Grantham? Man, that's going to be kind of fun. What are they going to do um, at OC? Um, that's a good I mean, question. I mean that's that's another interesting hire there, and yeah. and it would be very interesting. Somebody pointed this out on the board. It'd be very interesting. To Kellen see. Moore now. Could be. That's not a bad. Uh, not not a bad not a bad idea at all. I, I think a lot of people like um, what what's his name Brian Johnson with the Eagles. Yeah, I like Brian Johnson a lot too. Like if that's that would be one of the first calls I would make. Twenty twenty Florida offensive coordinator. Now and, yeah. and granted, probably Didn't wasn't calling plays. plays there. No. But but extremely smart guy played the position at a high level. Um, you know, really good coach and a guy that could recruit really well for you. But I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, there's a, there's a path of behavior here. And that is uh, this guy was a officer coordinator at the college level and then took a quarterback's coach job at the NFL level. So he's probably got some things he doesn't like doing. And one of those may be recruiting, even though he would probably be able to recruit. I know Joe Brady doesn't like to recruit. Kind, kind, kind of fits that whole Florida staff. I, who, I, who cares? If, yeah, listen, if you had to call Joe Brady, uh, that, that'd be all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very okay with that idea. Yeah, Joe be good. Um, but of course, LSU's lurking too, uh, and they will continue to do so. Do we have any indication what the SEC divisions will look like once Texas and Oklahoma join? Because I don't, I mean, there there be any. I don't even know what yeah, they're going to Yeah, so, yeah I was uh, thinking there wasn't going to so be. So that dynamic kind of changes a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do as far as I like the pod idea personally. I like the whole like split them up into four. Four team pods, and then you play every team from your pod. You rotate one team from each other pod. You know, throughout you have one common rival from each other pod. That gives you nine games a year. But um, don't think they're going to do it my way. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to see how quickly Texas and Oklahoma fans pick up SEC SEC pride. I mean, um, they already have. They, <laughs> they, they they chanted it at the Red River Shootout. They chanted it. Uh, heard heard Oklahoma fans chanting it when they were beaten. I'm also uh, curious. I'm also curious to see how long it takes Texas and Oklahoma fans to want back into the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, they'll want to be back. It w- it will take them a little bit longer to get their heads wrapped around the SEC thing than it takes everybody else to get on the horns down train. Yeah, I, I um, Tomahawk Dog asking about Miko. He's hurt. He is injured. Um, yeah. He got just got activated. Play tonight. He's been off the. Uh, he's been on the IR. For a lot of the season, came back, got activated, but tonight's his first game back. Had an abdominal injury, I believe, um, and that sounds painful. Let's get to some well, dog stock. He got hurt tonight, too. Yeah, he got hurt tonight, yeah. got shaken up. Uh, guys, I'm going to say stock up on Brock Vandergriff. Dog, uh, Brock, Brock stocks. Um, I listened to his conversation with Aaron Murray on the Players' Lounge podcast. was really good wrote a little bit of my reaction to it and what I gathered from it, um, published it today for our Dogs HQ Premium subscribers. It's still just $29.99 uh, to sign up for that through August 31st. And I think it was a foregone conclusion for many that Brock would just be 
Carson Beck's backup, and that's just how the spring would shake out. But Murray had some good perspective on what his spring competition against Zach Mettenberger was like, and that was never a guaranteed clear-cut leader um, until the fall, really, until Mettenberger parted ways with Georgia. Um, but Mettenberger, like Brock, uh, Oconee County guy, and I think Brock has the good head on his shoulders, but also it, it just seems like he has um, a good perspective, knows what a an effective Georgia offense looks like after watching Todd Munkin and Stetson Bennett run it for the last couple of years. And he just, I don't know, he, he doesn't seem like he's going to back down, but he's not doing it with a chip on his shoulder, arrogant, overconfident kind of way. And if that's what it takes to be good, then that works for some guys. But that is uh, clear to me that's not how Brock's going to go about it. So I'm not saying he's going to win the job. I just want to say stock up on Brock's chances in the quarterback competition. Um, I think just listening to him and hearing Aaron Murray react to his chances too, and I, I trust Murray's perspective on it. Um, I don't know. I don't want to write him off just yet. I don't think that pre-gone pre, – uh, uh, that pro, what am I trying to say? Foregone conclusion. Foregone conclusion. I don't think you need to conclude anything from it just yet. Pre-gone concludatory. Uh, hey, little little one hundred little one hundred and thirty-five acre municipality in South Georgia named Remerton uh, played a big role in that Georgia quarterback competition. It's where Zach Mettenberger got busted. And uh, yeah, you can, get liquor, you can get liquor in Remerton. You can't get it in uh, in Valdo or at, it was Valdosta, right? At the time, yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remerton's right the in the middle of Valdosta. Yeah, it's like right, and it is literally it's an enclave. It is 135 acres of of like a street of bars, and a, there's a mellow mushroom in there. Been there many times. Kind of uh, sounds like paradise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Palmer. Palmer if you if you lived in Valdosta, you would live in Remerton. Kurt okay. confirmed Palmer moving to Remerton. <laughs> I mean, I mean bars and and. Mellow mushroom. Kind of Palmer would be knocking on some doors at six a.m. I got a yeah. I got a ticket for. Uh, I got when I went to Valdosta State as a as a freshman. I got a ticket for too fast for conditions because I was late for class one day and I slammed on brakes and skidded in and kind of bumped this lady and she was like she got out she's like ah I was like no <laughs> ambulance no showed way. up ain't no way she had an Alachua she had an Alachua Florida tag. Uh, I believe that might be Gainesville Florida if I'm not mistaken. It probably not, but I, I've always thought it. Um, but yeah, so uh, Remerton, uh, not a not a good place uh, to be uh, for for those sort of things. Stock, Stock down, down on Remerton. Stock down on Remerton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with mine. I'm going to say stock up tonight on the fact that Todd Munkin is getting these calls, man. The fact that Alabama may be calling Glenn Schumann. This is all good news, man. I know it doesn't feel like it, and you got to do some hand-wringing about all this stuff. But listen, it means that you have good coaches on your staff. It means that you're developing good coaches on your staff, and it's an ultimate compliment. So Georgia fans need to recognize that yeah, it's not ideal uh, to lose coaches, but it's a best-case scenario in a lot of ways. Um, if nobody's coming calling for your coaches, that means that you don't have much of a staff. Todd Munkin, we'll see what happens. I don't think he leaves, but if he does, that's, that's a great, great sign. And Kirby's going to be able to sell that to the next guy that, hey, we were able to send this guy to the league. We can get we're we get we're able to get it back to the league, I guess I should say. But not only do we get players to the league, we get 
coordinators yeah, to the league. Absolutely. And so I think that I'm going to say stock up on all the attention that Georgia coaches are getting in a big, big way, because I think that it's, it's as important as player development. All right. I'm going to stock up because I, I, I just, just got it just now. Okay. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't really think of anything I was going to go stop up on today because I thought we were chopping wood. Um, Cause I can't keep up with this stuff and I'm not a professional apparently. Uh, listen, we already the, mental, that. the mental stability and, and focus and uh, toughness of a football player while playing football is unreal because I've watched both of these games today and a situation like just happened a minute ago where a Cincinnati Bengal player sacked Patrick Mahomes on third down only to celebrate, get up and look and see a yellow flag sitting in the secondary. Let me tell you something. I'd cut somebody. I would, I would cut somebody. I would, I would, there would be shoe gate. There would be helmet gate. I would fight a teammate or a referee. Or once I figured out what happened, because you see the, how high the emotions run in these games. And for those guys to flush that and listen, man, I can wake up in the morning and I can be 20 minutes later, getting my kid out of the house to go to daycare and getting back in my day is almost frigging ruined. Okay. Like a whole day. These dudes are cut from something different. So Mental, mental stability, mental uh, toughness of football players because after kind of watching some football and seeing that happen last game in this game, these dudes are cut different, man. Jake Roos, mental stability, stock down. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto for Palmer Toms. Um, yeah, I, as, as the play that Jake Rowe was talking about, uh, I was off camera but, but gave a very noticeable – what the just happened? Um, you got you got some you sprinkled some action on this, didn't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> Eli Apple, not not a fan favorite in uh, of anyone, of, anybody. of really anybody. <laughs> I don't even pay attention to the guy, Eli but Apple it seems like of, everyone hates his guts yeah. on Twitter. He was the one that got called for the holding. Say what? Eli Apple looks like Stone Cold ET. <laughs> little bit of onion, little bit of onion on it. Um, so I got some direction on my stocks. Um, Georgia basketball wins on a Saturday. We got to talk about it on a Sunday. Stock up on the hoop hounds uh, and their composure. Um, they were down twelve in the second half, ten with six thirty-one to go in the game uh, when they were ten and a half point favorites over South Carolina. Um, end up playing some really strong defense, uh, turn up the pressure, carry Oquendo, um, you know, with, with, uh, with, with some strong play down the stretch, held scoreless in the first half. He ends up as the only scorer for Georgia in a game that went to overtime uh, in that extra period. He had eight points. Georgia comes away with a big win over South Carolina, um, gets them back to 500 in SEC play, four and four. Tough stretch ahead. They got two road games this week at Auburn, who probably won't be ranked uh, after they've lost two in a row now. No longer uh, a basketball school. No longer basketball school. Uh, at Texas A&M, who could be ranked. I don't – can't remember how they – they they didn't play in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. They beat Vanderbilt. Um, they're, they're playing good basketball now, though. Um, no, Vandy should be a Big 10 school. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, what happened? Auburn? Yeah, what happened? Oh, I thought you said Palmer. What happened? No, I was like, Auburn, what happened? I don't, yeah, that, that was not good. Um, 
but yeah, yeah so, so so stock stock up on georgia basketball right now what's mike white doing what did he do to steady the ship after these these uh losses all in a row here couple, couple lineup changes you've seen some different guys playing um jushan holt had had a good game yesterday guarding uh future likely lottery pick gg jackson from from south carolina um carrie oquindo and, and terry roberts the two guards are playing strong jabri abdurrahim frank anselm big man syracuse transfer he's he's stepped in and taking some minutes away from braylon bridges who returned from last year but um you know certainly certainly playing well for them had a couple of finishes at the rim last night uh played good defense so Stock up on the hoop hounds. One more little stock, baby stock, talking about the NFL. Uh, Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean have their own chance to go back-to-back with the Eagles' NFC Championship victory and going to the Super Bowl. What a story that would be for those dudes, man. All they do is win. Good dudes, too. Like, like you know, really, you know, genuinely nice guys, even though Kobe Dean nowhere near as gregarious as uh, – as, Jordan Davis. I want to take this time right before we uh, end here, Wes, and and you kind of send everybody off. Uh, We're doing something different next week. We're starting something up uh, Monday night. Um, It is going to be uh, kind of a, it's going to be kind of a Jake and Jake show. Uh, This is bark after dark. Um, We're going to go a little bit later than we normally go. Um, You know, we're looking at probably like eight 45, nine o'clock getting started. Um, We're going to have a couple beers, maybe sometimes a cigar, going to have some guests on. We're telling stories. Uh, and uh, we've talked about this for a little while now. And our attempt in this, and I, and I hope, yes, this is our uh, – that is our uh, – I didn't realize how there. loud that was going to be. Say, probably, probably not great for the podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> that listener, we apologize. Um, anyone listening. But what we want to do, our goal is uh, we want to kind of um, – you know, break down a little bit of the fourth wall. Um, we want to get some folks on from different networks. This is not about scoop and, you know, all this stuff. We want to talk about, um, we want to talk about uh, kind of the business and the stories and the, and the things that we've seen along the way. The, the hotel we went into uh, that, that you know, we thought was, you know, going to break out into a riot or, you know, driving from Columbia, Missouri to St. Louis, Missouri, at, you know, two in the morning after a night game, um, you know, that kind of thing. All the times you booked a 6 a.m. flight after a night like that. All of that happened this year, by the way, uh, <laughs> in one trip to me. Uh, but, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, that's kind of how it's going to be. Uh, raining tacos, you're right. There will be no cigars inside the row house. I think that's probably somebody who lives inside the row house. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think we may uh, know who controls raining yeah. tacos. <laughs> uh, we, will, we, we, we do have a back deck, though. We do have a back deck. So that's where we where we go. Uh, so we uh, listen. There's a lot of dudes work over at UGA Sports. Have you seen the army of people riding the bulls he's got over there? Um, and they're all good peeps. So yeah, you know we'll get out. we will get Paul Meharry on there. Um, <laughs> you know Paul's Paul's really the star behind you know behind the scenes there. We'll get Patrick Garvin on there. Uh, listen, we all and we all spend a lot of time together in this industry, and we think it would be a lot of fun to talk and, and, you know, just kind of go over some, and, and Roos, a lot of stories, me and you covering recruiting and, and uh, you know, our origin story of how we initially started working together. We want to share all that. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be funny. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's just lighthearted. And, you yeah. know, I, I, and I'll say this, Jake and I were talking about this. 
it, it was really, it's been 10 years since Jake and I met and we've been talking about doing something like this since we first met. And um, I think that it, it's really just an opportunity for us to get out and uh, uh, you know, link up with some people. I know this all seems like a hyper competitive environment and it is for breaking news for sure. But what you don't see is behind the scenes, a lot of guys hanging out, telling jokes, having dinner and drinks with each other. And we want to kind of bring that feel um, to the channel. And so uh, we're excited about it. I, I know I am. I've thought a lot about it and uh, we've talked a lot about it. And I think that it's, uh, it's going to be a good time. Good stuff, guys. It's going to be wild. I was lo losing me over here. <laughs> is he talking about us i don't know, I don't know. he said something about my hair he's gonna have to explain himself <laughs> yeah just just dm just dm jake we'll, <laughs> shoot me a dm we'll discuss it there um can't wait to see that guys and i know there's a lot of good stories and rough stories to be told and to be enjoyed can't wait to see how it goes um Appreciate y'all for subscribing and interacting with us in the comments and for talking to us over at the dog walk message board at dogs HQ. That's a lot of fun too. So uh, sign up for a premium membership and join in the fun over there. Keep the action going. If you don't already pop up and appear over at the dogs HQ message board. Wes, one more thing, one more thing real, real quick. I've had a lot of people ask me about Jake Roos's background. Does he really have a micro? No, that is a backdrop. Yeah, this, is, this is this is my backdrop that's the uh, backdrop just, it hangs there he puts it up before every show that is I'm a backdrop. Trying to, i'm trying to throw people off you can't really know what's going on here okay noted uh y'all have a great week we'll talk to you soon peace